0: Pink, pink is good on you.
1: What do you want to talk? Oh, thank you very much. It, fe- it makes me yeah. feel very uh, fresh and buoyant.
0: Good. Yeah.
2: <laughs> very vibrant.
1: <Yeah. laughs> I was like affiliating a word that doesn't really mean what your uh, intention is or what the person is thinking you're going to say, because, you know, for the rest of the night, they're going to be like, I complimented the pink shirt. What is buoyant? Like, how- <laughs> what do you mean? Like, yeah, he floats. <laughs> yeah, like a floating thing, like he's floating on air. Well- <laughs> something i've done for years but enough about me let's talk about the success of the blockbuster podcast
0: yeah yeah. i mean well first of all in in regards to words (laughs) i have to mention the book by uh is it jeff Tweedy from wilco uh he he talked about songwriting and he said put a list of nouns and a list of adjectives or whatever and put together words that don't normally go together and you know add that to a lyric and it You'd be surprised how much you know. It you can't make sense of something. It's Wait, but what was that for me? Well, it was just you. You, yeah. you mentioned buoyancy? <laughs> <was> that, <laughs> like, no, what? that? you talking to me? I
1: thought you were going through some kind of internal monologue struggle. You're. I was. It was kind <laughs> a of entry. It's
0: kind I of. Once read something
1: in a book. Thanks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a little of both. Permission. What uh, What are your thoughts on? I see you got the Star Wars. The the. Yeah. uh you know, Darth Vader from Force Awakens uh, helmet. Uh, what are, what are your thoughts on the sequel trilogy?
1: Oh, overall, um, you know, I, I struggle with it. I I, <laughs> I, I hate love relationship. Yeah. With it, um, you know, I'm one of those people that I kind of just wish that you know they stuck George Lucas in there and, and whatever the result, like to finish this up. The yeah, you know, the 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 Wills start from whatever that uh, original incarnation was and just. I don't like that it became like um, like a network television show. where It's like this director, and then this director, and then this. Maybe we'll go back to this guy. It's like yeah. it felt a little discombobulated and uh, not buoyant.
0: Not buoyant. Yes. <laughs> no. Discombobulated worked there. So, yeah, that's. I wish they had a plan all along. They just kind of were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do your thing. Do your thing, yeah. Ryan Johnson. Do your thing, uh, J. J. Abrams have, again.
1: Hearing really great things about Andor from friends of mine who work uh, on the inside. And I'm telling you, man, I, I don't know. I'm feeling like that might be the. They, they've all had value in terms of like different versions of the Mandalorian, Above Fed. It's like I've liked and not liked, and there's fan service, and then there's some slightly new introductions. But I like that this is like, this is before anything. All yeah. that other lore. It's you know it's ahead of the you know we're way behind that. I I like that they're starting in a, in a different spot here.
0: Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, because yeah, we we both loved Rogue One and it just yeah, hoping it uh, picks up picks up from there. And obviously, it's before Rogue One because I
1: just watched that again the other night. I, I, yeah, you know what I want to you know I've seen it, I've watched the ending about forty times, but
2: yeah. yeah,
1: it's a great movie. And I think that we were all ambivalent a little at first because like who's this new group that you know, wants to take credit for the reason the Death Star is, you know, no longer in service. And it's like, oh, no, wait. The more you watch it, it you know, it really um, the for me, the emotional beats really, really penetrate beyond like what my personal hope was originally. Now as just a fan. It's I, I think it's right behind Empire Strikes Back for me.
2: Oh, I think ex- I'm ex- exactly right there with you. 100 yeah. yeah. percent.
1: Yeah. And then what's third for you then? I'm interested.
2: I would go. So Empire Strikes Back, Rogue One, and then, I don't know. See, the original Star Wars, I waffle. If you'll ask me this next week, I'll say the original Star Wars is number one. But those are my top three. Um,
1: you go. It's like you waffle because there's a lot of things in A New Hope that are, um, wo- you know, wonderful, not only just from our childhood everything up, yeah. but that still today are just like <laughs> the, the bones of a movie. But obviously, like some of the special effects before they started upgrading and adding creatures and all that, Um, in terms of just, like, the dialogue and scum and villainy and and the voice of Vader. For all those reasons, you want to put it third, but I put Jedi third. Okay. My issue with
2: Jedi is I love the last 45 minutes, but then when I go back and watch... You know, the beginning and kind of it, it just I don't know what kind of what this move. I, I mean, I like the fact that they rescue Han, but they're spending a lot of time with Jabba's Palace
1: and all that stuff. Um, so I, it
2: felt a little directionless. <laughs> Here we are talking about Star Wars in every goddamn show. <laughs>
1: you know why? Real quick. And then we'll segue into uh, the film that we're going to talk about. But, do you know, do you know why they cliffhangered Empire? Do you know the real reason behind that? I'd love to hear it. Harrison Ford didn't have a contract for the third one. They didn't know if Han Solo was even going to be, you know, available. Uh, yeah. So they put him in Carbonite and figured, like, all right, well, if you don't get him back, we can't afford him or whatever else, then, you know, that's the end of that. Yeah. Tale.
0: He's and not with- really dead, but he's, you know, he's he's away, you know. Yeah. it's Yeah. Yeah. No, I, n- once, I know.
1: Once Jedi gets close and whatever that interim was. Then they had to quickly probably like you know finagle with act one and figure all that out. So it, it is a little clunky on the yeah. uh on the re-entry into um Endoor's atmosphere. But uh <laughs> but for me it's just that third act, man. Everything about you know the, yeah. the whole thing with Vader and Luke and and the Emperor giving for me, not a lot of people notice this, but what really nails me emotionally is when the Emperor uh, which, by the way, we I, you know, you didn't know his personality and everything, Palpatine and everything. You just knew him as as you know evil, right, in that moment. And for me, what really resonated and still does, despite what I know about, the, you know, the, the origin, is like he gave Luke his props by saying, so be it. Yeah. And to me, when he gave him that, t- called him by his name, it was like the devil admitting that you're a god and i love that yes and
2: it's like i can't i'm powerless to convert you so all i can do is try to kill you that's it like and, oh. and that is like the ultimate it's the ultimate failure of the emperor that that luke will he's willing to lay down his life which you don't yeah. you just don't expect or see it's that strength of character which we all love
1: anyway guys i gotta get out of here this is all so right great. yep this is <laughs> great
2: star you, wars <laughs> star wars talk with dane cook uh, by the way <laughs> is that the uh uh, just a uh, Snyder Justice League um, Batman right behind you? The, is that, yeah, but that's that is? just
1: like it's like from Toys R Us? Oh, okay. <laughs> this, this, this Vader is one of, uh, there was a company that made the actual props for the movie. And I'm friends with the producer Brian Burke, who uh, made the movies with uh, Bad Robot. And so he gave me, when this company first started, he's like, hey, go get this. I got this, I have a Stormtrooper one and the other one with the blood across oh nice and um i bought them and then that company for whatever reason went belly up out of business so the collectibles that were supposed to be kind of cool rare but there's going to be a couple hundred turned into they only made like 20 or 30 and i have a couple of them fantastic
0: yeah now in uh we're tangent galore on the show so don't (laughs) worry about it (laughs) uh what um you see my act yeah. No. I, what, what, I mean, what, your publicist reached out, and we were like, "Ah, oh, yeah, I guess we'll have him on." I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll,
1: we'll make
2: space. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, uh, in all your uh, you know celebrity encounters, have you did you have you ever met any of the OG cast of Star Wars?
1: Like well, Harrison well, Ford. Talked to or... Bert Kreischer recently, um, and I was trying to get as much you know kind of like Mark Hamill uh, info because he's in a film with Mark Hamill coming up.
0: That's right. Yeah.
1: And so by proxy, I kind of was geeking out, but one of the coolest, uh, man, I don't even know if I'm supposed to tell. Okay. I, first of all, I met Harrison Ford. I met everybody kind of sort of briefly over my career. Right. Uh, I, I had about a 10 minute conversation where I wasn't really talking with Harrison Ford so much as there was four of us in a circle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was the guy every once in a while saying things like, um, Harrison, you nailed it. You know, just like whatever I <laughs> pick up. But I had, okay, I won't say the the resource from this, but somebody very close to me who worked very closely on the new film said, Do you want to see some CGI from some of the weapons that we never put in the movie that we thought were really badass? And I was like, Yeah, what do you got? And he goes, You want to see one of the lightsabers that initially we had for, it was either Luke or Ray. I don't want to, like, and I was like, What's so different about this is you know we've seen the double-sided yeah and he goes we he goes we did a mock-up in in my office at B- bad robot and he's like so check it out now by the way when they do a mock-up it's like like a marvel version of them like they, like using all their tech right <laughs> you know what I mean using every version of like the the ultimate piece of technology he hits play on this and the guy who is acting out the scene in, in his office Takes out lightsaber and, and it's that whole thing, right? And then he goes, "This was gonna be during a fight scene where it was gonna be really intense, close up." And he goes, "Now watch this!" And they zoomed in on the lightsaber, and the guy looks up and he twists his hand; a piece pops out, and he starts shooting lightsaber like a gun.
0: Oh shit! Oh man!
1: In the That's- face of the other, he was like, pew, 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 pew. "Dude, goosebumps!" I was yeah. like, I was oh, like, God. why would, Why didn't that make the cut? And he's like, oh, I didn't know if it felt a little well, cheap for a Jedi yeah. to use that. You know, well,
0: according to Obi Wan, it would be too uncivilized. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a, like a blaster. Right? So you know, <laughs> it's just yeah, too uncivilized. Oh,
2: Dane, I see you get you get so excited. Are you? Uh, are you? Is it just Star Wars? Are you like a sci-fi fantasy nerd? Like what? What was kind of your? I could see how like how passionate you get about this stuff. So what? What? Oh, yeah. What was kind of your like? journey is everything. like a, oh, a little of
1: a little of everything man. i like bad movies you know i like i like uh you know i i collected like fangor magazine and i always liked in fact i have all of them i have like every issue of that from growing up and love horror i just like stuff i think i always like stuff even though i love polished you know bombastic i always kind of was like i go for the people that are trying to do something with next to nothing and it's really just a lot of like passion you know dirt spit kind of thing <laughs> yeah so you watch like fucking uh i can swear right or you, absolutely i'd watch like i'd watch like phantasm you know what i mean that was like what yeah. you know you know the, beware the ball and all that you know crazy shit um if i had to pick one genre that i felt like uh, away from comedy because comedy is going to be slotted in first no matter what we talk sure. about But yeah i loved i loved um I worked with Kevin Costner on a film called Mr. Brooks, mm-hmm. and I talked more about Wyatt Earp with him on our film than I probably talked about uh, our film. I love Westerns. Yeah. I, it's, it like, I think that's uh, always been like a little dream side item thing for me to uh, be affiliated and work on something like that.
0: Oh, yeah. Westerns are great. What were you uh, apprehensive about doing a thing like Mr. Brooks not being a comedy or was it uh, were were you like gung ho like, yeah, let's do this. Like
1: I was probably more, you know, concerned of like um, I wasn't nervous about doing it. I was more like, oh, I hope this is received because I'd like to do more things that are away from that, you know, you get kind of pigeonholed in Hollywood really easy until mm-hmm. they see you do something else. And then they go like, oh, I guess you can do that and a, a little bit of that. I grew up loving like Robin Williams and comics that were able to you know pl- you know play different you know kinds of roles and approach things from complete you know be immersed in a drama. Yeah. And so I wasn't really trepidatious about it. I just wanted to come through for Kevin because he believed in me. He called me up on the phone. He I I auditioned. I sent a submission tape. I was doing employee of the month. I went into my trailer one day in Albuquerque. Albuquerque. I taped the scene. I sent it to Kevin Costner's team, thought no one's ever going to watch this or, or see like Dane Cook and be like, no, he's like slinging dick jokes somewhere. Like, why? would <laughs> um, And then suddenly I got a call from him and he was like, this is like really, uh, you know, this is spot on what I'm looking for, man. And he goes, you really, you really want to do this? I was like, wholeheartedly, man. I go, I, I want to exceed yours and my expectations. He goes, I'll see you in Shreveport. And next thing you know, I was there making a movie with like arguably one of the quintessential Hollywood uh, multi-hyphenates, you know, guy can do yeah. everything. It's amazing.
2: Yeah. Oh, I love Kevin Custer and I, I love Yellowstone. That's like my he favorite. He can do anything.
1: So. He can yeah. do anything. He's outside mowing my lawn right now. I actually yeah. by and asked if he could just.
0: <laughs> yeah, if he, yeah. If he wants to pop in, you know, and say hi, you know, just uh, if you want to give him a bottle of water or something, you know, Feel
2: free Another serious but, role uh, Dan in real life I love that movie um and yeah, that was man. not a comedy at all uh and I thought you were fantastic at it so
1: yeah Peter Peter Hedges came and saw me at a show the director and he was like he was like he asked me this he goes do you think your fans would like to see you in a role where you don't win and that you get to be vulnerable and I was like I think so and then you know what he did this is so wild he went to my show um that night he stood in line with my fans waiting to come in and he told me this later he goes I just stood in line. I interviewed all your fans. I asked them a lot of questions. I said I'm seeing Dane Cook for the first time. A lot of people were interested, and he asked fans, "Would you like to see like Dane and like where he maybe he doesn't get the girl or and whatever fans he talked to? Thank God they weren't like just like, nah, no, we just want to see him do jokes because they were like that'd be kind of cool. We'd like that. <laughs> so my fans got me the gig probably with with Peter. That's it. Excellent. It's like
0: a makeshift focus group. Like, that's yeah. that's crazy. That's
1: Yeah, man. It, it, it is kind of funny. Like, my whole career, when I look at, like, I've been really fortunate and probably just damn lucky to, like, um, maneuver and kind of find myself sort of, like, one foot in comedy, but, like, then all of a sudden this producer's a fan or this, you know, somebody just, you know, uh, oh, I, I heard you're interested in, And next thing you know, I, I, you know, it's like in tandem, I'm doing stand up, but I've had a kind of a cool career over now, three decades doing like stuff that, uh, that does get to facilitate that other side of your brain in creativity where you're like, yeah, I want to, I want to be the bad guy. I want to be hated. I want to (laughs) be positioned.
2: It comes naturally to you. So I'd like mm -hmm. to see some more of that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, man. It was just like, yeah, I just wanted to be able to, and I still want to continue to um i'm writing a tv show right now that i'm uh looking at pretty close to getting financed and it's kind of like pulp fiction set in vegas like really bad guys doing some extraordinarily bad things and i'm like i'm writing a role for myself that i know people are going to either really like seeing me like that or it, it's going to be abhorrent to some people because it's <laughs> not a nice guy
0: how uh how far into the process are you with that
1: yeah. I wrote it. I wrote the pilot. Um, I wrote it, uh, it's, it's long story. Well, you know what? I'll make it kind of a long story cause it's kind of interesting. Many years ago, I, I wrote a full feature called thieves fortune and thieves fortune is, uh, I've had it for about 12 years. It's like, it's like for me, like what Deadpool was to Ryan Reynolds. Like I want to make this movie and it's been, you know, now 12 years of me polishing it and final draft. Every time final draft has a new version, i write a new version of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the whole, the whole uh, crux of that is, um, let me say this first. Tonally, imagine this in like kind of a John Wick sheen of a world. Five career criminals that are brought together randomly to compete in an underground yearly annual event called Thieves' Fortune. And it's basically a scavenger hunt for bad people. Nobody knows what the list is for everybody else. And whoever does all their bad shit first wins the big. That's the whole kind of like launching point. And of course, it turns into red herrings and intrigue and who done what. And I played tennis with Quentin Tarantino randomly three years ago. My buddy <laughs> calls me up. He's in Hollywood. He goes, You play tennis? I go, Nah. I go, I do <laughs> rap. Ball. I go, I don't really like tennis. Hurts my feet, this, that, and the other. He goes, Oh, my friend trains Quentin Tarantino. And he asked if there was somebody else who could play with the three of us. I was like, I'll be there in 15 minutes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like Qu- Quentin Tarantino. Okay. Now, like you yeah, didn't say that at first. That, like, what?
1: <laughs> and so from, from that day and from some conversations, I, I really realized like sometimes before you, you know, what I took from speaking with him and just being, um you know, just, you know, watching his career and, and understanding how he got to the the abilities that he got to through those conversations, I came away with it. Like you don't have to just go for that one big thing. I can do a bunch of little things to prove myself along the way. And then hopefully maybe if this pilot goes, for example, and we do it on the cheap and it has that grit and it's, it's, you know, it's got that, uh, you know, all the, the, the recipe, then maybe somebody goes, Oh, do you want to, you know, what, what else do you got? And then you're like, you know, boom, I got this script. and see if we can do that. Yeah.
2: Well, I your passion yeah, you know? exactly.
0: And I, I could listen to Quentin Tarantino interviews all day. Like, that's like the passion he has behind it. And even, you know, the the advice he gives, like, just watch movies, watch movies, watch movies. You don't yeah. have to know about lighting. You don't have to know about, you know, sound and all this. Like, just watch movies and make movies and you'll learn that stuff along the way. It's just if you're passionate about it, just go for it. And I just love that, it, you know, his
2: attitude about that. Yeah. Um, well, I'm looking forward to seeing this project. Yeah, and, uh, and, I and
1: I will tell I will tell you the other thing not only is he damn right there but as a person who's you know been on the inside of like the some of the most unbelievable creative meetings all that stuff that keeps you out of the business because you're not ready, not good enough, your script is not this, you haven't taken this class, that shit is all it it doesn't matter once you're in with other creatives because what you find is Nobody inside is following those rules. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody, nobody. In fact, they're, they're improvising a lot in real time because things are like an amoeba. They're ever changing. And so all that stuff that they tell you to prepare, prepare, prepare. I've been in the, I've been in the room or in the circle now for what, like over 15 years. It's really about writing something your way. If you want to put five acts in a movie, fucking do it. If you want to start at the end, if you, your passion and what you put into something means way more than following everything by the by the by the numbers really rarely i've never been in a meeting where they go hey everything was delivered by the numbers <laughs> and we're starting <laughs> at number one well yeah. it's you could, garbage
2: exactly you could do that with uh you know no offense to anybody and, and people do great work but you know you could do ncis or whatever and that's by the numbers or law and order or something but for the most part it's these passion projects it 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 comes through, and that's what what grabs other people. You can tell when the work has been put in. Yeah, Uh, it you know, and and that's what grabs audiences. And so that's that's great to hear. And I I'm I'm excited. You just you know laying that what little you're allowed to say about um, your thing. I'm in. I'm in already.
1: I (laughs) I want to see it. I hope I hope we get it together, man. With a little bit of you know, it's all lady luck, but you got to have some gumption and some buoyancy buoyancy i i i
2: I do have to i'm always tempted to not ask this but i kind of want to ask it there's there's so much (laughs) there's so much luck and obviously you have to have a base level of talent um can you talk about what you do have and so many people in in the business do but is there anything that you're like you know what this thing is fucking awesome and then it just it it, whatever the powers that be just like is there like one of those things that you that you have that like oh i wish this happened because it would have been fucking dynamite do you have any of those
1: oh man i mean there's definitely stuff that you hope comes together a certain way and then you know you see the final edit and it's just not there you know what i mean it's like and then sometimes you do something and it's the opposite right you just don't really know until it until they finally assemble um, all those pieces, I think that the, the, the thing that hurt the most in my career, watching it present itself in a way that I did not want it to be, you know, received turned out later to be one of the kind of best, um, that I went through. And it was my first comedy special that I did on comedy central it was called, uh, Comedy Central presents Dane Cook, and I, for another day, I'll like I'll tell you the you know it's the thirty minute insane fucking just like me getting beat up all the way up to filming that. But what what came from it is an unhappy experience, me being put in front of uh, cameras when I wasn't ready on a night that was poorly detailed uh, in an environment that was not res- not ready to 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 um, position me potentially. Mm-hmm. For something beyond, it was almost like, oh, they don't really value an early version of like my brand or my voice or persona. They're just trying to, you know, let's just do this and get out of here. And I'm like, oh, this. So I remember just going home after that experience. I was so broken down by that. I was really mortified. All the the infights, and again, maybe a story for another day. Like what really happened. But when I finally saw the edit, I was like, I was like. Uh, it still hurt to watch because like, oh, this isn't what I wanted people to see of me. I, I some of it was like almost um, sh- oversharing, like my frustration, and I was still put rolling it and segueing it to comedy. But certain things in it were like, man, I, I'm like on the attack here, and I can tell that I'm fucking pissed. Or <laughs> that's
0: it's um, crazy so, how you view your you know your own work and stuff. It's because uh, I mean, isn't that basically what launched you? That I was mean, a Smash. Dash. Yeah. That's special. Yeah, well, I mean, that's. I,
1: I thought, oh, I'm not affable enough. I look like yeah. a bit of a prick, like <laughs> a I'm crazy playing. person. <laughs> yeah, and I'm pouring water on myself. I didn't plan that. I'm grabbing, <laughs> I'm grabbing the camera. Uh, a moment that de- kind of defined later, like my style, I guess, was like they told you know I was so angry at them, and they were so uh you know just non communicative with me. But I remember them being like you don't look at the cameras and don't t- obviously don't touch the cameras. And then just to kind of piss them off the producers, I'm to grab the cameras and be like, hi, America. Are you enjoying? Like I kind well, of,
0: thought- and I think what were you right in front of the camera when you're doing alien too, yeah. all wet? Like you're like, <laughs> like, they were,
1: they were like, they were like, don't try not to touch your hair because continuity. And then I fucking was like, Oh yeah. And I pulled water on myself. No, like, I did everything ass backwards. And in some ways, just my youthful naivete and and a, and a bit of fear made me go into like fight or flight mode. And yet there was still, the whole way, comedy still was working and in there. And so even though it was the worst thing that I feel like I'd ever done, when I finally watched it and had a little bit of say in how it was packaged, it became later something that defined my career. And now anything I ever do, I try not to hold on so tight because I think it's sometimes it's the 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 missteps and the real time adjustments that people are more like moved by than even the the precious one two three setup that everybody's hoping to capture when the cameras are rolling. You want you want to be on the cusp of a little bit of fear and a little bit of what if, and don't what? you don't want to be so rehearsed? And I learned that then.
0: Well, it goes down to, you know, sports and everything. You, you you have a game plan. It did not go as planned at all, but you still came up with the victory at the end. You got the last second field goal or whatever. Like, it's, yeah, you worked. know, it's... That
1: worked. Then there was other things that, like, other movies and stuff that, like, you are out, like, just don't work. It's stinkers, you know, they're on at 2 o'clock in the morning, and even I turn them off. It's like, you just, it's... Uh...
2: Well, no, I didn't mean it like that. I just meant, like, things that maybe just... not. I wasn't, sorry, I wasn't meaning... I wasn't asking about failure. You've just offended more like Dane. things that didn't come to fruition that you wish maybe like like I had this idea or maybe it's the thing you're working on now. Right. It's just like you know I, I I was I wanted to do this thing and, right. And, you know that I understand.
1: Kind of well, I wanted to work with Judd Apatow early in my career. I thought that like at a certain pivotal point, as I was kind of reaching a certain echelon in my career, and I'd love Freaks. Skin- freaks and geeks. And to me, that'll always, I know Judd and we've performed together at uh, comedy clubs, but I always felt like, uh, like I was going through a bit of, you know, almost like the way the media kind of starts to take the narrative. And at that same time, I almost couldn't get to Judd because there was so much around me and you had to get to know me to know that like, that was all, that's all the crazy bullshit, (laughs) the internet pins and it was a missed opportunity. So yeah, that is like to this day. I see Judd, and I get a little bit of me is like always a little like, oh, like I wish when I was a younger man we could have found something together.
2: See, that's yeah. so stupid. That's kind of what I was what what I was meaning. Like that's ridiculous. I mean, why not? Judd Apatow and Dane Cook would have been an amazing. But you guys would have come up with something incredible. And the fact that there's like, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> tension or like hesitation or like people looking the other way i think that's dumb because it would have been a winning combo
1: you just learn hey but you know you don't always get that uh, incoming phone call that you would like even though you're feeling like okay i i guess i'm kind of in I'm, I'm i'm in the community but you know even then it it there's a lot of politics and the reality is if in the zeitgeist or whatever the the trending topic if there's some stuff out there that like isn't um doesn't put you in a great light, even if it's g- bullshit, even if it's not real, and it's just something that people have tried to just, you know, create around you, it still affects your business and your brand. So there's times in my career, then yeah, I- I've been knocked back and it's simply because of, uh, just the, the ebb or the flow. It's so stupid.
0: Yeah. yeah. One, one <laughs> so of the two. What about the buoyance?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, you're floating. Hey, listen, you know what? <laughs> if you don't, if you're not buoyant, then you're never going to become a plum.
0: <laughs> there we go. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's right. yeah. In my head, right. that made that complete boy and a
1: plum are not going uh, <laughs> to, you shall never meet.
0: Yeah, t- totally. Yeah. That's, you know how that saying goes. Um, <laughs> I, uh, we're going to sprinkle in other questions. I'm sure throughout this, but, yeah, we're um, going, yeah. uh, uh, But uh, long long for, long. let's it's talk about good. the I don't care. It's all good. This is fun. okay. How long good. do we have you for, by the way?
1: Uh Ten minutes ago, I was done. No. Oh, shit. No, no, no. Uh, I have a... No, I'm good. Actually, this was the last thing of today's PR. We were talking about Above It All all day, which is available for pre-order right now on moment.co forward slash Dane Cook, if you'd like to do that. Comes Tell us our- more. Uh-huh. Well, is,
0: that, is that your special? Is that... That's my new special, man. Yeah, okay, well, yeah. Let's talk cool. about th- let's talk about that a little, and then we'll get into the movie. Uh, okay. So I, you've talked your ear, you know, you've talked <laughs> people's ears off about it all day. I'm sure. So you're sick of it, but uh, I am just curious how it all worked out. With uh, it was at your house. It's at yeah. your house, man. What? Yeah. Uh, t- tell us about that.
1: Twelve years ago, I sat on my porch when I bought my first home here, and I was like, "I'm I'm going to film a special here someday." This just something. There's some synergy. There's something in my front yard that, and it felt like a stage the way the porch was. Um, and so I called up uh, Marty Kulner about a year ago. Marty and I did Vicious Circle together um, in an in isolated incident. He's a legend. I grew up loving his stuff when he worked with Carlin and he did like, you know, early HBO Carlin specials. He was the guy that I wanted to, you know, help shape me in terms of like in the edit, in the edit bay. Yeah. um and so I called Marty and I said I got this great idea and came up to the house and he goes where do you want to do the show and I go you're sta- you're standing here <laughs> and we started talking about like this idea of like getting some drones up here and how we could fill it out and next thing you know we were last March shooting on a Friday Saturday night um and I will tell you like in my now 31 years doing stand-up comedy I've never felt like such a feeling of both using every tool in my arsenal from special to special or album to album. But then, like, what happened once people were in my home with me and I could talk very, like, candidly within okay. the show? Um, it's awesome, man. It's, 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 I think it's the funniest and most introspective comedy special I've ever done. Love I, it. I love it. Yeah. Can't wait.
0: I, yeah. yeah. I can't wait either. That's, uh, uh what's, uh, how many people were there?
1: In total, over the two nights, we had about 1,200 people. Okay. And, and and Cast and crew and like some other friends and some people that were hiding in, you know, different places to be able to get a vantage point. It was almost <laughs> like the little rascals or were like people like <laughs> peeking through my fence and um uh, <laughs> You know, one of my other neighbors just threw their drone in the air, and they like watched me on their drone. I didn't even know they were like, "Oh, yeah. I drove it too." Should I not have
0: recorded that? That was um, my ne- my next question: Is how much uh, did your neighbors hate you after this? <laughs>
1: they were all invited. I invited everybody, but oh, I do okay. tell- yeah. I do tell one story about my. It's in the trailer. Uh, if you watch the trailer we put out a couple of days ago, I do mm-hmm. talk about one of my neighbors who's not always the easiest, but. Um, uh, it, you always have to have one wherever you live. There's always got to be that one neighbor that you're <laughs> yeah. a little bit of a, um, you know, tet, uh, tet with. But for the most part, the show is, it's just a, I, you know, I financed it myself. I did the whole thing top to bottom with Marty. And my whole goal was like, I don't want to go through the system that a lot of my comedian friends are going through and they feel unfulfilled and they feel like unsatisfied budgetarily and some of these are comics I won't name, but some of the comics I'm sure you love. And they call me and they're like, I'm I'm disappointed. And I was like, well, I want to deliver something to my fans and hopefully new fans that if nothing else, you'd be like, man, this this guy like uh, poured his whole heart and budget uh, into creating a, a real cool piece of art that I hope will, you know, be around for a long time.
2: Love it. Love it so much. I have one. My final question. Okay. Um, Dan, you'd seem so comfortable in your own skin you've had a great career i mean you're very buoyant tonight um were you always were you always doing like you seem so centered and and everything what were you always this this because we we've talked to a lot of comics on the show yeah. and um again not to mention not everybody is as centered <laughs> as you are tonight. and so did you go through anything where you weren't like as so com- you you're very comfortable in your own skin where you always you always have this well adjustment
1: the the early part of my life, I was very kind of like beta and I was an introvert and I spent a lot of time uh, concerned in questioning my place, like in school or in a function. I, I just had a lot of, um, a lot of anxiety. Right. And I was the wallflower. I was not like the funny kid or class clown. And so the reason I think that, uh, I mean, it's all, it's, it's not a facade because I'm, I, I love talking about all this stuff, you know, I, yeah. I, I'm a genuinely curious person, but I'm also like, I love to talk about, it. I don't care if it's failure or success. I like just getting into the, the real facts about whatever it is that we're communicating on. But I think the thing that kind of defines where I'm at and how comfortable I am is just realizing there's still that kid in me that had so much, so much anxiety and fear and was so scared of like my own voice that every day that I get to do this more, and I still get to be a you know a part of uh, cool shit, uh, I never forget that I'm very um, fortunate to to have this. You know, to have people that care about me and want to listen to me, and uh, it's a blast, man. You know, it's it's been a it's been a good run, even when it's not always a good run. Excellent.
0: Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's. I hear you. I hear you. Um, but no, oh, there, was
1: a, there was a lot in that sigh, man. There was a whole. <laughs> no, I was gonna. Yeah. I was gonna then
0: go into an. I was gonna go oh into another God. tangent, and I was like, "We got to respect this guy's
1: time." Oh my I um, <laughs> Yeah, no, we
2: we can go on for hours. But yeah, it, uh, that, was, that was.
1: There was a lot of ambivalence in that sigh. I, I,
2: <laughs> no, I think it no, was. I think. I think it's actually Ben wants to. Ben could probably do a a, a, a sharesies about his anxiety and his. <laughs> Him being a beta male when he was a young guy. Young guy.
1: Well, listen. Well, this, here's the reality. We're all here together. We're talking shit. We could talk about cool stuff. And I know you said my PR reached out, but let's not forget who told my PR to reach out.
0: You. <laughs> You did, my friend.
1: <laughs> okay. I'm, he- I'm here because I'm excited to talk about the movie we're going to talk about. What? I know. So,
2: are you a fan of the podcast or are we just pretending here?
1: Oh, no, I'm a fan. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I'm a fan as well. I mean, I've, the, the thing about me is like most of my days when I'm not like either writing or, you know, here doing something to, to promote, like most of my year is like I keep podcasts and stuff in the background. And people know that. So they send me links all the time. So I've popped onto you guys' podcast, and you'd be surprised at how many, or people would be surprised at how much content that I've enjoyed watching and seeing how people are growing their fan base, especially through COVID. I was watching so much shit, so much. Yeah. Yeah, so no, I'm I'm definitely, uh, you know, I, I'm here because I love talking about films and stuff, but I, I dig what you guys are doing. I like the energy.
2: Oh, we're honored. Dave
0: had no energy before the show, and, <laughs> no, <I was> and <laughs> was- you popped up, and he was ready to go.
2: Yeah, Dave was I, not a yeah. fan. Well, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I took a half day today. Went to the beach with the wife. She cracked open some beers. And so I'm like five hours in. So,
1: okay. <laughs> Drinking in the sun. That's not uh, a recipe for disaster. <laughs> that's not a fight with your wife on the way home.
2: No, we're good. Yeah, that's actually, it, you know, God damn it! That's so true, right? You know, you go yeah. out and then it's like then when you're in the
1: car, you're like, oh, we got yeah. we,
2: we got the dog, we got to clean yes. up. We're sandy. You get cranky. You start bickering. Thankfully, <laughs> that didn't happen
1: today. Yeah, that's that. Listen, five beers in the sun, you're going to get a little persnickety with the missus.
0: <laughs> persnickety, without fail, almost. <laughs> that's right. <Yeah. laughs> so. We have uh, people in the show, show, in the showbiz, in show business, uh, come on to speak about film and and uh, get their perspective on everything. And uh, the film you chose is the comedy classic *Planes, Trains, and Automobiles*. Oh, yeah. That's right. Fans have you talked about this to, one yet? We uh, did before we. Started doing guests on the show, but it's been a long time. So we love double ups for
2: guests. Yeah, that
1: was like years ago.
0: Yes. Um. So this one, first question we always ask: Why did you choose this film?
1: Oh my god, that's a. We we needed to like gently flow. (laughs) That's uh, that's a lot. Why did I choose this? Oh my god. Okay, let me unpack. Uh, Um. You got you got Steve Martin. Yeah. Childhood hero of mine. Uh, you know for everything that he accomplished first arena comedian uh, you know rock star comic. Um, so Steve Martin, John candy I worked at a video store and we I put Uncle Buck on every single day. I mean uh, you know, yeah. the two years I worked at video horizons <laughs> kind of like a blockbuster type of yeah. hey. um,
0: Hello.
1: And so two two comedic masterminds, right? And then you've got, of course, the writer and the director. And it seemed like every element of that um, that feature, even leading up to it, I was already like, oh, my God, please don't disappoint me. Like, I remember being like, this, I really want this one to work. Yeah, you know, i would kind of already been understanding, like, oh, people can have clunkers. And not everything, you know, that a comic or funny people does is always, like, um, you know, formulated the right way. So mm-hmm. seeing that movie the first time and then now having seen it a lot, it uh, moves me for both the relationships of the people and why they did the film together. And then, of course, the many different beats, tones and tempos that that film brings to the uh, to the table.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. It, well, I'm interested to hear, you know, your stories of Steve Martin. I know you you've had, you know, you've you know him. Yeah. Guess, yeah you're like a, I know you guys have had meals together and. Oh, they were gonna pull them up! Oh, look at oh, that! Nice. Look at that! Yeah, my uh, my dad who is much older than you don't worry but he also he's he's like that was his teenage years like his stand-up and he's constantly still quotes his stand-up and everything like that like it's yeah it's um it's been in my uh head (laughs) for forever i even i mean i love the you know father of the brides and (laughs) those films like it's just anything he does I'm, i'm 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 on board
2: even uh, Only Murders in the Building, which is on Hulu now, Season 2. Great show. Yep. Um, he's he's well,
1: great. Well, Martin Short was a, also a childhood hero of mine when I would watch him on Saturday Night Live. So that show, in particular Season 1, I really I really loved. But Steve Martin sent me this book, and I'll share this with the guy. I don't know if I've ever shared this. He wrote something nice on the Ooh, nice. side. He sent this to me, and it says, Dear Dane, read this and just substitute your name for mine, Steve Martin.
0: beautiful. Love it. That's great. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a great message. Um,
1: You know, from my childhood hero and from somebody that when I watched Planes Trains was a major contributor into me going, I don't have to be wicked funny all the time. There are ways to be funny where you can adjust on the fly and you can be like setting up the other person for the laugh or you could be the the brunt of the laugh, or you could be self-deprecating to get the laugh. Like, he kind of gave me permission to try different things, even even with, like, something somewhat standard comedically when I was doing my film work a lot. In,
2: in- yeah, that's a great call, especially for this movie and really through Martin's career. Is If you look through the movies he's in, he yeah, he's never, like, I mean, maybe if you go back to SNL skits, but most of his films, he's setting other people up. Um, you know, another than a couple Yeah, he's,
0: of, the, he's the straight. Like yeah, he's I mean, yeah. A
2: couple of scenes in this movie where he's throwing F-bombs and stuff. He's yeah. really serving serving things up for John Candy, um, who was just oh my god. I mean, is there, have there ever been also, a more lovable? He's also,
1: good at the, he's also so good at that whip snap um reaction, kind of the button in a moment <laughs> yeah. where it's like he sets you up, then something is happening, and then he's reactionary And you kind of see him go through like the entire, you know, seven levels of grief. In some moments, (laughs) yeah, that is, man, that he makes it look effortless. And I will tell you, that is that is some of the hardest acting to do right there.
2: Yeah, the escalation of of whatever's happening. Yep, love that. Yeah, well, To,
1: to take a broad moment and to pin a gravity filled, heartfelt. Ending to a broad moment like wh- that's very rare air right there that they that they got into quite a few times in this film.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, well, it's
1: got a it's got a ton of heart. This movie,
0: yeah, hundred percent. Well, yeah, let's get into those, those moments. <laughs> yeah, let's. Uh, I, I mean, I, it, first of all, I think this like is this the the Thanksgiving movie? Like, there's really no Thanksgiving movies. Like, I think this is it. Like <laughs> yeah, everything gets pushed to Christmas, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: I like it's, that you guys brought this up, and I think that we should maybe be the contingency or the factor faction in really stapling that because people always want to talk about um, Die Hard or Christmas Story, and you're always kind of pinning the or Charlie Brown is thanks. It's like, can we can we really start talking about like planes, trains is Thanksgiving? That's All right. Like, this is a must on Thanksgiving. There's not a there's not a kid or an adult of any age that can't find stuff in that movie that they would love to just, you know, sit back with a full belly and be. Yeah.
2: Oh, this is the, yeah, this is as good as it gets. Uh, And in the message of this film, you know, you've got a sort of odd couple and you got one guy who's, who's highly successful has a a beautiful family Mm -hmm. and really has taken that for granted. And on the other hand, you have this seeming buffoon, (laughs) <laughs> who really has nothing but himself and is kind of just, you know, two flawed characters. He's had, a, he's lost his way too. And he doesn't, you know, they both have their issues and they come right. together. And it, it, if there is anything to be thankful for, it's family and have, you know, people that you can connect with. And that, this is the perfect Thanksgiving movie. And I, I'm so happy that John Hughes didn't make it a christmas movie right i mean we're just a month away and you could have maybe even done better in the box office or something but um yeah this is all about thanksgiving and being thankful for what you got
1: john hughes uh prolific to say the least i worked with howie deutsch who is very good friends with john hughes they worked together on some kind of wonderful uh, how he directed and uh, of course john wrote one day i was doing a scene in my best friend's girl and Howie Deutsch sits next to me. They're doing some lighting. we got about 20 minutes to, you know, eat some Fritos and talk shit. And uh, we're sitting in those rickety director's chairs that always look so fun and cool when you see them on TV. And then you sit in and you're like, who the fuck in this? This is the most posturpedic, you know, anything that I've ever sat at. you just rather sit on a swan and hold its neck than sit on that uh, chair. But we were kibitzing, and... Um, And he goes, uh, you want to hear a wild story about working with with John Hughes? No. Uh, Yeah.
0: (laughs) No,
2: I'm good.
1: (laughs) "Um," He goes, I'm doing some kind of wonderful. And the studio comes back and says, this scene needs some polish. These three pages, we got to cut this or change it, put the car scene in, whatever. They had to consolidate something. Yeah. He goes, I go to John's, wherever he was living at the time. And he goes, John, I need three page rewrite. And we need it by Monday. So can, can I help you to do this? And John was like, oh, yeah, yeah, perfect. Or John was like, yeah, come over tonight. We'll do it. So Howie goes, I go there. Howie's like, I'm exhausted. I've been filming in this. And And, then John says, "Um, what what do you need? And he goes, I just need A, B, and C. Howie goes, I lay down on the couch, and I fall asleep. He goes, I wake up about three hours later. It's like 3.30, 4 in the morning. He goes, and John's just feverishly sitting at the dining room table typing. He goes, and I get up, and I clear my eyes, and I walk over he goes and john's so excited it's so late or early at this point he goes and he quickly hands me like 35 pages <laughs> and he goes and how he goes i looked at it and i said john what i need a three page rewrite what is this and john looked at me and he goes no no i didn't get to that But I had an idea for something. Check this out. I'm going to call it Ferris Bueller's Day Off.
2: Oh, Oh, shit. Oh,
0: my God. (laughs) He's like, eh, I don't care about that rewrite. Let me just write a whole other.
1: That occurred to him on an overnight fast pass rewrite for uh, some kind of wonderful. So, uh, listen, John John Hughes, we all know. It's like we bow to the altar uh, of all things John Hughes. So, just his involvement. The writing, these very gifted actors, and the, the Michael McKeans. One of my favorite scenes in yes. movie history, comedy history, reactionary history is when he finally says, when the burnt out car is sitting there, he finally looks at at um, at uh, um, not Steve Martin, he finally John Candy, and he looks down at him and he says, "Do you really believe this car is <laughs> safe for highway travel?" And John Candy's perfect take, he goes, "I do." <laughs> yes. Yes, I really do. It's the funniest
2: <laughs> moment, in the whole movie. It,
1: it's it's gotta be. It's like it it I just watched it with my fiance like five times before we started. I said I just have to watch this scene again because it and I laughed every time and I always laugh. John Candy, just did that one beat. Yeah. And and that, that sincerity. Yeah. I do. It's so it's so innocent. Yeah. Oh. I will even tell you I think it informed my standup that that uh that scene, because I told my, I told my girl, I said, you know, those moments when I'm doing a, a show and um, I say something really irreverent or something really just kind of really fucked up, I, you know, like, and I go, and then I'll take that beat and I'll, I'll say something like, um, I'll be like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I fall down on my lawn and I'm, and I'm laying, I'm laying in shit. I've laid in shit. I am covered in shit. And then they're laughing. And then I just will take a beat and I'll go, sincerely and i'll say a word like sincerely or wholeheartedly or something that's just uber meaningful and it always gets that extra nick of laughter yeah i said said, that has to be from john candy in that moment just adding no sincerely and meaning it (laughs) meaning it even though i don't mean it but i mean it
0: yeah it's interesting how you can get like cadences you know through other people like that even just like cadences of you know the way they speak and everything like that's how you can you know adjust your comedy and your act and everything like that like it's just yeah and i just I, i i i think comedies especially like this like it's 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 a shame that you know i mean the oscars you know they're essentially bullshit anyways but like they should be more considered for uh you know, these types of awards. Cause I mean, just watching John candy in this, I mean, it's just like, you know, just the way he's talking when he's first meeting Steve Martin in the airport. And he's like, just chewing his gum, like the choice it's of so having,
2: annoying. yeah, <laughs> it's, so- it's just,
0: <laughs> he's, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but the, the subtext of like, I'm going to do everything I can to not let you see my pain. Oh, it's like, wow, man. that
0: Yes. Is
1: so Talk about just a, a shot to the heart when you finally realize from the ending but then just the that that's what we do in life we all kind of put on like we fake it till we make it and you you realize that there's a guy who like you you'd said he he's lost you know this lost soul and um, try to find any place in the world as he's meandering from spot to spot just beautiful a real gift of a performance especially that scene
2: i think that's a really good insight one i didn't quite Connect in that way is he's basically a he blabbers so he doesn't have to think about himself, right? He's always just putting on a a show, even if it's, I mean, he's, if he has uh, a nudie novel, if he's taking his socks off and complaining about his dogs barking, <laughs> he will just not like be introspective for one second in his entire life.
1: <laughs> That's because, because he doesn't know, he doesn't know yet who will love him, like his. His wife loved all the anomalies. We're all anomalies, right? There's all these anomaly type behaviors and things that have happened to us. And we all, you know, we wear them. And his wife knew all of them and loved them. And he probably had never really ventured beyond that to go like, who else in my realm will it truly accept me for me? You know what I mean? That's just, it's it's what makes the comedy funnier is the, the heart.
0: Yeah. And well, because you got the whole scene with you know, where it's like the most serious moment in the film where he, you know, says how, you know, I'm an easy target. Like, yeah, you can go after me. Like, yeah, uh, but I, I like me. I like me. I, I, I always laugh just because Family Guy did a parody on it. So, um, nice. <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> but anyway, is Seth McFarlane a dick? Is he, uh, do you know him? Is Let's he, just keep uh...
1: going, guys. Let's okay. All right, all right. I'm so... <laughs>
0: <laughs> but anyways, oh there's God. that there's that heartfelt moment, you know, with, uh, this is, with This is how
1: you know this is how you know if somebody is a dick and when the person that you're interviewing goes, um, I just wish that person nothing but great great health <laughs> <laughs> ding it's success <excessive. laughs> it it Thousands great. of years yeah. of burning <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, the whole That's the scene, whole scene. That scene in the yeah. motel and of course Steve Martin with the great physicality. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Teddy, Kathy, yeah. The and, physical and
0: finally, comedy yeah
1: just that blend of of uh yeah like that humanity and then goofiness the uh, same with that really bonkers scene where they almost die in the car accident and he turns into the devil and <laughs> just so fucking outlandish and yet it works it just it works it yeah. shouldn't have worked, but it works
2: <laughs> yeah it, it, it reminds me i think uh I don't know who's seen this movie, but uh, Norm Macdonald's Dirty Work, they kind of did a parody parody of this with right. Gary Coleman in the car.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, was, who hasn't done a version of that now, right? Yeah. Exactly. yeah. It, was, it was like Tommy Boy. Everybody had to have, like, yeah. you know, the, the treachery into the car scene or whatever that might be. But yeah, uh, it's so funny
2: watching this, because, like, before we get there, because they're, I mean, I think the automobile part is my favorite. The train... I don't know if that's my favorite because um, it, it well, kind of it's it, short and it not much happens. Yeah, it just seems a little a little dated and a little stereotypical. But sure. the the car stuff there's uh there's the messing around song. John Candy is just like playing the organs and doing yeah. the trumpets and he gets his <laughs> he gets his jacket somehow caught <laughs> like it's this whole thing and we're all we're there for it. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. And, but in the same movie of ten, uh, with tenderness. You had a scene where Steve Martin was like, "Give me my fucking keys yes. to my fucking car," and then she's like, "You're fucked," and you're like, "This wow, this movie! Like even <laughs> our movies today, I've done our movies like they don't want you to do that. They don't oh, want right. you to go that vicious and like f <laughs> like bomb, f bomb, f bomb. That's
2: it's like a dozen f bombs. Yeah,
1: it is like a dozen. Yeah."
2: Well, he needed to be the Steve Martin character. It's interesting because you kind of, I think the movie what the movie does a great job of is you start to you see yourself within the Steve Martin character, but then you're like, this guy's kind of an asshole, really. I mean, we're we're laughing at him, You, but he's, he's kind of a douche.
1: But you can't tell me, man, this is where I wish we could like, you know, be watching a documentary in real time about the making of. You cannot tell me that in the edit bay, at one point, they didn't watch that scene and go, like, we have this beautiful film with comedy. Like, are we are we killing ourselves here? Are we ruining ourselves by making him, like, the most unlikable person? <laughs> but he gets it back, I guess, by her saying, you know, you're fucked. But the reality is, he's so mean there. Right, <laughs> yeah.
0: like like, he's at his breaking point but not only the not liking the character there's the whole financial side of it is that's what made the movie rated r which then is gonna lessen your audience you know with younger people and things like that so it's like you know but for them to have the balls to stick that in it's now like one of the most iconic scenes you know in comedy history so it's like for them to keep that in is just remarkable Um,
1: If I had one little gripe about the movie, and maybe you guys know what I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, obviously it ends so emotional, right? mm -hmm. It's so tender, and even the music they chose for it, it's like, it feels like a different movie starting at the end.
2: A little bit, yeah.
1: Um, And I think part of me always wished there was some kind of stinger or button that was one more funny scene, but there isn't, right? I'm not wrong about that, am I? No, I mean it it's yeah. Sort of, the door closes and you kind of go like, oh, they're gonna eat dinner together. Yeah. And I think like, we all hope there was like, you know, the first Buellers after the credit. Like right. I think it's still to this day, feel like I love that they did that, but even if they had like the door closes and the phone rings, and he Steve Martin picks it up, and I don't know, it's the woman who worked at the rental place, like you fucked this car up. Yeah, <laughs> something. I yeah, thought I just needed one more little jolt to remind us. Like, man, this movie was so funny.
2: Yeah, like or, 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 John, or, or John Candy does something at Thanksgiving dinner that yeah. kind of yeah, it like in some makes way. like
0: an makes an <laughs> awkward comment to Steve Martin's <laughs> yeah. wife. Like, you know, just that agree, totally Dave. throws things off. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. We'll,
2: we'll send that yeah. to John Hughes. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll was, yeah. Posthumously, <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> what? Yeah, what? <laughs> Dave, come, come on. Up? No, like, no, I, no, said it. I said it that way on purpose and it should be sorry in uh
0: i know he he passed uh, earlier in your I know, career I I, I, no no i'm saying john candy uh no. he, he passed earlier in your career you know you, did you ever get a chance to meet him at I all uh, yeah no. okay
1: I, no definitely like very sore about that i wish i yeah. just, just to meet him and say you know thank you I, I've yeah meet some people you know they childhood you know heroes and people that you grew up watching you know the goonies and i met sean austin like little things that you're just like thank you for you know making such an impact on my uh on my youth yeah he
2: has this magnetism that is just uh, it's unbelievable. On screen. Yeah, I mean, he's not attractive or anything. It's just you just oh want to watch. God, him. He's just he's happening.
0: charming. You know, he's
2: charming
0: <laughs> though. You know, it's 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 crazy. Now you know, as you know, movie watchers, us movie fans, are usually yeah. always. Usually you can
1: say cinephiles. It's okay. C- We're all friends. cinephiles. <laughs>
0: we
2: don't no, yeah, You we know, are. we we used to call ourselves cinephiles, and then you know, we watched. I don't know. I, at least for me, I, Dave. I, Dave's I,
0: very cynical and very. I used to
2: be like you know I, I I'm going to watch the best of the best of all the movies and I have my, you know my top five which is better than yours and now I'm like fuck it I just whatever makes you happy.
1: <laughs> well, so, uh, so what do we what do we call ourselves then? Are are we what do we are we movie junkies? Are we going? Into yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're,
0: we're, we're, <laughs> we're We're we 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 like what we like. <laughs> we're, we're, I think that's the, nah, I think we're, that's we're, the, nah, the Apple Jacks uh, slogan yeah um but I, I was gonna bring that up because as movie lovers as cinephiles we typically quote a lot of movies yeah. uh what uh what are your main quotes from this film dane that uh you you typically
1: reference oh boy i think we i think that was the one we talked about though that one in the car has to be well I, I love the car we've talked about it we really nailed them the car rental moment the yeah michael mckeon's whole performance as the state uh, trooper knowing how funny you know spinal tap and everything yeah yeah and he played that you know he went like under steve he probably came to set that day it was like all right you got steve martin he's kind of here and then i'm going to be like you know really just like in that uh trooper mode you know what i mean like a real that hardcore statey that scene to me is probably the one i've quoted the most and I don't really have other quotes that I think are like my favorite more than just like physical moments or reactionary moments. But um, yeah, I think it would probably be the car scene. That's it. One,
0: one mine's car scene, uh, you know, when they're driving on the wrong side of the road or <laughs> might be after. But anyway,
1: like- they. That's not a pillow. Those aren't pillows. You know? Well, yeah, yeah,
0: that yeah, that's oh. yeah, one uh, of the most famous. No, Dave, it's my
2: turn, dude. No, 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 no. I was quick, about to quick. say it's... it, bro. Just just hold on a thought. Dane, there's yeah. some debate whether or not John Candy, the John Candy character, was was whacking off in the bed. Some say he was. Uh what do you think?
1: I've never i never looked that closely at that scene. Is that really uh something that's in the zeitgeist?
2: Yeah. That's what right. they were thinking he was he was. What, like in the
0: first motel? The before no, I mean, before the night,
2: yeah. When okay. when uh, when Steve Martin was in the shower, uh, Candy was trying to pull one off before he came back. <laughs> you know,
1: I mean, again, the whole thing with the underwear and the, and the <laughs> I mean, dude. There's not a there's not a scene in that movie. I know some of them. You know, everything kind of gets a little dated, but for the most part, that movie, like scene to scene, holds up. But quotable wise, uh, yeah, what do they, you got, you know, They're not pillows, but yeah, yeah I don't know. maybe probably probably the safer highway travel. That's gotta be yeah
0: for some reason this one always sticks out to me is when they're talking back and forth in the car about what annoys them about each other. And John Candy (laughs) says, well, it must be swell to be so perfect and odor free. And that just, to me, just, it's so many layers to that. Like so perfect and odor free.
1: (laughs) This this is like the, maybe the most minute moment that anybody would ever say they love, but I'll tell you, this would be on my top 10 favorite moments, which is, after they uh, come past the 18 wheelers and they jam the brakes and the luggage flies, like, you know, halfway up the highway. <laughs> and then Steve Martin's fingers, <laughs> on the dashboard, the sound that his fingers make, whoever did, whoever did the sound effect for that moment, the sound of his fingers coming off that dashboard. That makes me laugh.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's, it's also worth mentioning. I think where these two really bond, uh, when they're in the hotel together and they, they, they pop open the 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 little alcohol bottles yeah. or you know, they're eating Doritos, whatever, and they, and they have a laugh. And there's just something about the two of these guys having a laugh over their situation, which is just so I don't know, it's hard to describe. It's not it's not only just funny, you know, it's also it it kind of hits you in the feels a little bit.
1: It it uh it did, and not only that did it hit me in the fields. But when I was out on the road for all those early years doing stand-up, I went to that scene and sometimes you end up on the road with like people that you just have to be, happen to be going to the same gig. So comics that maybe not aren't even like necessarily friends or, or even like, like each other's comedy or whatever. Like you'd be like, Oh, you know, you want to split the gas. Yeah. In those moments, um, for me sometimes turned into something a little bit more enticing and, and fulfilling because I just allowed myself to be like, find something funny about this person, even though there may be nothing endearing about the person, or maybe they thought something. Right. About me. I always try to, because of that movie, be like, Oh, you know, when I'm, when I'm out there on the road, I'm going to be out there for maybe the rest of my life. I don't know if I'll ever be on <laughs> the road, but I got to try to find ways to make it fun and funny.
0: Love it. I, what do you think, um, makes Steve Martin, Neil in the movie, after the train breaks down, they decide to go their separate ways. Then he sees John Candy struggling with the the case, the chest. Yeah. Uh, what, what 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 do you think? Why why did why does Neil go back and help him? Why oh, like at that point? Why does why did why does he go back? What do you guys think?
1: When I watch that I, scene, right, it's like it feels like John Candy's putting on a little bit of a performance there, right? Like
0: okay, like feel sorry for me, like
1: yeah, yeah. You right? can do it a little yeah, a little bit of a baby, yeah, yeah, like, like a puppy. And I guess, like, would you look at it and go, like, is there any element to, like, Steve Martin's occupation or whatever he brought to that that character that would go, like, i got to respect this guy's um, just uh, business. <laughs> this is a business decision for him to be acting this way because he, he needs me in this moment. So maybe, like, there's a little piece of, in their character work, maybe they kind of felt like is it just i felt sorry for him or is it like kind of respect that this guy's like he he he's already knows me enough to kind of know how to you know spark something in me i don't know maybe that might be looking too deep into it
2: yeah well it's interesting because um as successful as steve steve martin is when they have no money it's actually john candy the one who He's a good salesman. He's a natural right. – he has a personality. He's the Having one who's getting, like, them. a few bucks. You know, yeah. Steve Martin would have no chance of – he would He would completely – he would have nothing. You know, he couldn't find his way out of a uh, – he could never find his way out of the situation that he's in because he's so used to, like, his upper-middle-class lifestyle. Um, And maybe there was something there, that, that resourcefulness. Or like, maybe his,
1: maybe his elitism was kind of softening and he was realizing, like, I don't know, maybe he needs buds. Maybe he needs, like, fucking fellas that are like this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe the people that he's around are a little yuppie and snooty and phony. But I think that, it, again, in the writing, if I was going to be kind of, like, really, uh, you, you almost want to go, like, was there a version where it was clearer, like, maybe, like, Steve Martin needed a friend? You know what I mean? Like, he needed the, love, like, male love more than the story that we kind of saw of, like, what John Candy wanted and needed, because you—I'm sure they could have written in there something too, where you where his buddies for golf never invite him, and he's like, "Oh, what are you guys doing today?" And they're like, "Oh, we didn't think you'd want to come," and you could have like put a seat in, like, yeah, oh, he's lonely. He needs a buddy. He doesn't have a right. cool. Like, I didn't have a really good friend. I had some acquaintances, and then I made a friend like in the mid '90s, and I was like, "Oh, that's what a real." <laughs> friend should be you don't you shouldn't be chasing friendship and i'd been ch- and so i almost wonder if they could have or wanted to or felt like it's it's already in there it's in the performance of like he really needed love too as well from real friendship
2: yeah i like that yeah not not only are you kind of ignoring your family but you kind of have no life outside of your job you don't have friends you're not you're not spending enough time with your with with your family and you're, yeah. you're not doing anything else outside of that and you're you're kind of leading an empty existence and you're very entitled but yet yeah you're missing out on so much about life and by the way if you want to see my buddy he's he's right there that's my buddy
1: <laughs> Years, you show me your buddy you can camera three cut over to the buddy um uh years before the internet started kind of like throwing this shit out you know left and right i would thought of I, I don't know what i was thinking of it for like a a little documentary piece, or I was so fascinated in what was left on the cutting room floor. And I would meet people and producers. And I would always ask what was left on the cutting room floor. What scene didn't make it? I always wanted to know what got cut. I care more about what got cut. And they would go, we cut that for time. We cut that because we felt like we already said that, or we could consolidate that. But more often than not, uh, humor, uh, this is like in sitcoms, especially like humor loses story wins. Right. right? No, but it's different in film. And I, I wish that this, was, I would love to know what what didn't make it. I, I wish there was more, like, I know there's DVDs with deleted scenes and we've gotten more of that with YouTubes and stuff, but um, I wish there were more, I wish there was like more of a dedicated place that was like, this is the, we know the movie. This is everything you don't know because it was either left out of the writing or left out of the cut. This is, be interesting. this
2: is almost exactly what I asked you 30 minutes ago about the stuff that happened in your career. It's the exact oh, same wow, question. Dave.
1: Uh, yeah what, yeah. what, what,
2: what was what off the, yeah i i love well, that
0: i have a surprise dame we have producer of the film on the line to uh tell us what? about the behind <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah. ne- next time next we've time got yeah. john
2: hughes on no <laughs> we've
1: got Ari spitzman on the phone to come in and talk about <laughs> oh
2: I, I i love that way of thinking too uh there's yeah that like yeah, what was left off? What was what were the possibilities? Um, yeah, I love that. I mean, we still
0: got an amazing movie, obviously, that we cherish to this day. But yeah, it's like, yeah, what what could have been? You know, there well, there are definitely things that could have been added and you know increased the a right? We sometimes we, see them,
1: right? We've, sometimes we yeah. do see those scenes, like a Star Wars just released a scene of Luke and Leia having a very cringy conversation that was like, okay, that was like another version or left out. So it it is kind of fascinating because you 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 often wonder is what they left um, the right version because we all believe it is because we've seen <laughs> it? Or was there one bad edit that made it an editor and a director look at each other and go, "We the scene's great, we just don't have the reaction. And they go, then cut it. But would it have made an impact to go, that made me love Steve Martin even more. I'm glad that he was kind of torched out that, that at the rental place. Or, you know, it's yeah, coulda, shoulda, yeah. woulda. But it, it is interesting to to talk about that kind of stuff and, and yeah
2: because i mean and it, it's so much of it is, is a gut thing right i mean this movie's only an hour and a half or just a little bit over um but you do wonder you know throughout that editing process someone has to make a decision and it can be one little thing that you know fucks the whole thing up yeah. and there's there's really no way of knowing what <laughs> you know just because the editor thinks it's good or bad yeah you know it doesn't Speak to the you know the entirety of the American consumer. It, I find I find those things really fascinating because no one really knows. You know, when music. I
1: when I do any film television, uh, I've done you know stuff that's like episodic or my the only phone call I want, it, even if it's a uh, amazing director and producers I respect, and I only want a fucking call from the editor. And I've said this for twenty years: if the editor calls me and goes, man, thank you. That that to me, like, sometimes I'll do takes with the director where I like want to get what they need, and then I give something really vastly different because I'm thinking like an editor going, if if I don't become the focus of the scene because they want to maneuver it differently, let me give them some things that will lend to the reactionary moment of their other actor or maybe the lead actor or supporting, because that can happen. They can change the balance of a scene. I love that phone call, man. An editor will go, man, you gave us so many different colors because we're still deciding tonally where this takes the story. And like, that's the best uh, compliment I've ever gotten in anything film wise. Um, Even though it's nice to have your director and everybody be like, you nailed it. Right. The editor is the guy that's never going to forget, man, he did it the same way. Every time it was fucking the same. I had nothing to edit off. He just did the same reaction and the same. It's it's a nice compliment when your editor says thank you. I gotta oh, ask
2: this. Um Ben, we were we were just talking about uh we did our review on uh Better Call Saul. Uh we just sort of a retrospective. And one of the topic Dane, this is gonna come right at you. Um one of the topics we talked about was the high level of production where everybody, every actor seems amazing all the shots seem incredible um, where you can almost plug anyone in and it'll look like they're a great actor kind of a thing. And that, and it, I know that's overstating it, but um, it's just so well done. So Dane, I mean, you must've been on production. And I, I, obviously I don't want you to name anybody, but you must've been on, on sets on productions where, where everyone is on board. I mean, you just described a situation where you're thinking about what the editor's going to do, you know, based on how you produce. And there must've been times when, no one knew what the fuck they were doing. So like, how do you, yeah, you know, both times happening. I mean, you you can, how does that happen? And what do you do do about
1: it? Here's what happens. Ready? You, you feel like it starts with a conundrum feeling. Uh, and then that storm kind of builds as you're looking out onto the set and the conversation, I've produced several films, you know, with Lionsgate and other partners. And, and then, uh, that conundrum starts rolling into, um, You know, little miniature hissy fits. People, everybody's starting to get frustrated. And then here's what happens to me. Um, I slowly start to uh, go into almost um, a panic mode, but you don't see it, okay? And then I hear this song in my head. Hooray for Hollywood. (laughs) And it's what gets me out of it because I start to realize this is um, one little piece. It's not stand-up where it's all... Like I can breathe, and and we can all participate and either fall apart separately together in factions. But yeah. you, it happens on the daily, man. Every single day, there's like fires to put out, and you don't always know if it's gonna to come to fruition. But I have been in a couple of real janky situations where I'm with people that, um, and I won't name names either. They were not prepared for their moment. Mm. They didn't come prepared. Maybe there was something else that was obstructing their health and wellness. And then suddenly, there's a chorus of people ready to be puppeteered by them, and they don't really know what they want to do. And that's very terrifying.
2: Yeah, I'm terrifying. Sure. I'm sure terrifying for everybody. Um, so yeah. how did how do you how do these studios know who's a good producer, director, writer? How, how do they <laughs> figure this shit out? It's all about who it, you know.
1: It's a lot. It's a lot about who you know. It's a lot Isn't about politics. It? It's a lot about buzz. And there's that whole thing that yeah, yeah. Some people, you know, some people get their moments because uh, you ever see that movie like um, The Player? Yeah. 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 Um, the, you know that movie is very real. It's like so much of that movie is is like uh, that's how it works. You know, people go, "I want you," just because you're the bell of the ball, and then suddenly they're handing you millions of dollars and they're saying. Now, make that thing that we heard you did, but they don't really know what you do. Or maybe they only saw a portion of it. And this town hangs its hat on um, the underdog that made this massive billion dollar success or franchise when we're not talking about the 20 or 30 or let's let's open up our uh, uh, iTunes movie list. And let's like (laughs) there's a lot in there with people we know that you're like. What is this? What, yeah. what was that made? Who would even make that? Why would they make that? He <laughs> <laughs> spent money to tell right? So that you know yeah. we're really talking about the small percentage of the ones that you know, lady luck and all that other cool stuff or maybe they're just a phenom and they're really in their moment but most likely you're uh, you're just hoping to collaborate with like-minded people that want to make something great. And if it works and finds its way and finds its audience, uh, then suddenly you're like on the red carpet, like, aren't we cool? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Look at us. Just (laughs) look look at us. us. (laughs) We knew this would happen. Well, I'm I'm really interested
2: in in your idea, so I want to hear more. I I hope to see more of that in the future. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely.
1: You know, it's kind of one of those things where if I'm going to be really transparent, it's like, you know, in a a career... um, You know, it's incumbent upon, you know, you have to like almost re, you know, reinvent yourself in a way every few years because there's always somebody new and who's kind of like the darling. And then everybody else, even though people have, you know, modicums or, you know, multitudes of success, it's always about what's next, you know. And so I think if I can just replant this comedy flag with what I think is my, what I hope people receive as the best work I've done, then from there that might start to put out that, uh, that energy again and we'll get a few more irons in the fire and have a fun couple of years making cool shit
2: well you're dane fucking cook you don't what? have to yeah <laughs> yeah that's you that's oh, your name
1: God. you guys have seen my passport a little bit yeah we've,
2: we've been we've examined it and you're good to go man i mean yeah. you know i mean fuck man you don't gotta pause you don't gotta I mean, you know, I mean, you, you don't have to prove yourself. You don't yeah, have what to, I mean.
1: You'd be surprised, man. You would be, you guys, I tell you, you'd be surprised. Everybody, you know, you got, you do have, you do. It's funny because <laughs> you just, it's, it's kind of a strange thing. You know, you get into this industry and then you learn that it's like kind of always, it's always a little bit of like sitting at the blackjack table. You get a good shoe and you feel like it's never going to stop. And then suddenly you're like, you know, I can't, why can't I get that? momentum going again and it really what that speaks to me as is like that just means I need to I need to go somewhere and do two things enjoy my life enjoy all the hard work I put in and then I need to recalibrate and maybe come back with something that speaks to who I am right now and not derivative of the last moment people saw you have. and so I'm always looking to like you know I dip out um, I love my life. I I love helping other people kind of get their ideas off the ground cuz I feel like my my mentorship is as important to me today as being a creative, being out yeah. front. Um but once I put my heart and my soul into something like this new special, I do start to get like foolishly excited going, "All right, if this if this really connects, then you get that thing where it's like what else do you want to do?" And for a little <laughs> while you're just like I'll take it all. I just give me every yeah, opportunity, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. So here we go. I feel good about it. And I hope you guys yeah. like the show. And I'm so, so appreciative that you guys had me on here. This was really a lot of fun.
0: No, absolutely, oh, yeah. man. Anytime. And uh, what? Uh, uh, wh- when does it come out again? And where can people so see we're it?
1: In, we're in pre-order right now on... Well, you can go to dancook.com. The link to the tickets are there. You can go to my website. And then it's going to be pre-order with kind of like cool... I worked with this great... Talk about like being inspired. I worked with a great merch company that like just made these fucking designs. I went to this merch company and I won't bore you with a long story, but I said, I want this stuff to feel really, you know, personal and have like a real great, you know, flair to it. And the guy goes, what, what do you want it to feel like? And I was like, this t-shirt I go, I want it to feel like the poster for to live and die in LA. Mm. And yes. he came yeah. back with this thing. And if you look, if you look at the, one of the merch bundles, there's a picture of me on one of the limited edition shirts and it's like, it looks kind of like the poster to live and die in LA. So, uh, all the merch, all the pre-order stuff is, uh, through my website in the link and then it'll go live for everybody to watch on October 5th.
2: Amazing.
0: Awesome. Can't wait for it. Yeah. I'm so stoked to see it again. How many years since it's been since your last special?
1: Oh, uh, troublemaker was
0: 2016. Okay. Yeah. So so we're ready six years yeah so and then well, we one, got
1: a new and improved dane cook for <laughs> after all. And, and, guys, and guys don't forget buoyant dane cook Bu- buoyant, <laughs> buoyant dane
0: cook that's right yeah. what, one one last thing do you got? have any special uh stories about steve martin i know you've uh had meals with him and what like what yes. any any cool stories
1: uh, it, it's a it's a simple story. It's a little story, but it, it speaks to why I think he's so tremendously funny. I meet him for lunch. He'd sent me the book. Uh, I didn't know that I was going to get the book. He sent me his book, and I asked his publicist, I said, am I allowed to ask? Can I bring him to lunch? Can I treat him to lunch? His publicist said, yeah, tomorrow. Meet at this place. Oh <laughs> this place. I'm not saying, because he likes to go there a lot for lunch. And <laughs> When I walked in and I met Steve Martin, I knew a little bit about Steve Martin. I knew he was a very serious guy. I know he's a very, like, low key individual, and I'd heard that from friends that worked with him. They said, "Get ready, he's very low key." And I sat down at the table, and um, and and I can actually be low key. Like, I I I can go, I go into like introvert mode sometimes where um, I'm very passive. Um, but I knew that I couldn't in this moment because he was so passive that it would have been two people just sitting there <laughs> like we're in a library eating. So I sat eating down. Matzo ball he's, soup. He's in the, with the matzo ball. You always got to go with the matzo ball soup. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, and so he's got his CD of his banjo music and he's, oh, holding, yeah. he's holding it and, um, and he's very low key and he's, you know. Thanks for you know joining me for lunch and, and I sat down and I'm like okay I know I, I can't be low key so I kind of went into you know like you guys if you had a guest on who was like you know real kind of like out of it you know you'd probably pick up the mantle and be a, even a little bit more you'd, you'd give the audience something we've been there yeah <laughs> right, right right name names come on um, no, no no okay all right for me later tell me <laughs> yeah um, I'll email you but I'm like okay so I'm gonna so I try to be upbeat and he finally goes. um, He goes, um, uh, well, I brought you a CD of uh, my music with my band. I take it and I put it down on the corner of the table and it's right there. And then for maybe the next 15 minutes, it's um, it's, low key. I'll say that again. It's very low key. Very polite. And we're talking a little bit about I have a lot of questions. I'm dying. He's like my Yoda. So I'm I want to go into like, what was it like in your first arena? And then yeah, I want it, but I'm gonna <laughs> he's in. And I, by the way, I I'm not gonna make it too long. I did get there, and maybe we'll start with that next time we chat about another film. But in this moment, minute 15, there's a lull. It's finally like we've been yapping, and there's a lull. And he's just he's like this. <laughs> And he's just looking at me in the lull. And I know it's a lull. And we both feel the lull. Here's my face uh, when there's a lull. Uh, I'm usually, I, I what do I tend to do? I lean in and my eyebrows go up. That's always like my go-to frozen face of like, I'm kind of scared. I don't know what to say, but I think I look cool. So I kind of, and he's, and then finally in the lull, he looked across the table and he looked down at the CD and then he looked up at me and he went, have you listened to it yet? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that is classic Steve Martin, right? There. That
1: is. <laughs> oh my goodness. What do you say to that? <laughs> that... <laughs> I just, you just want to hug him. I think at that moment, yeah. the was like, oh, I...? that was it. I... And, and by the way, I don't think he was really funny at all after that. It was pretty Straight up serious, but <laughs> yeah. I hear it and I, it just was fucking perfect. It was a perfect, couldn't ask for another beat, reaction, quintessential Steve Martin moment than that. Oh, that's yeah,
0: <laughs> well, that is brilliant, and uh Dane, it's been an absolute blast having you. So sorry we kept you so long. It's I could have kept you for three more hours. Yeah, I have so many things. I just want to say. Questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, actually I'm gonna push record now and then yeah, we can we're just start talk. Sorry,
1: sorry guys, I have a heart out at the hour of the jackal. What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit.
0: Um <laughs> I just wanna say uh you just were a huge inspir not inspiration, but just I was a huge fan of yours and still am. It was an inspiration just, for me. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> retaliation, just uh I stole jokes from you in parties. So it wasn't stand-up. So I feel like it was okay. It was the, uh, I'll kill you walking out of the Walgreens one. Uh, I had a couple friends believe that actually happened to me. So thank you for that. Um, and, uh, and,
1: you uh, for the assist right there.
0: Exactly. Thank you for that. But no, seriously. And, and one more thing, you couldn't make it, um, a couple weeks ago and you called me and I just got to say that meant so much to me that you actually called and said why you couldn't make it. And, and that just it just speaks to your character and thank you so much for that
1: oh man you were very you were very cool on the call and i knew uh before and after that that this was something i wanted to do sooner than later so i'm glad we uh we got it and uh yeah if we if this is highly rated what do you think part two at point a sequel uh,
0: i yeah you were gonna hold you i to already that. know my next so.
1: film it's already mm-hmm. on tap it's, <laughs> okay it's
0: right there in the noggin thanks <laughs> <laughs> thanks dane it's been a All blast. Right,
1: look, all right. Have a good day. Later. Thanks.